0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales from the Crib. My name is Glenn and I will be your host as together we explore the wonderful world that is gateway horror. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump right on in. That sound, of course, means that it is time for The Buzz. The Buzz is our weekly horror news segment, which I recap some of the goings-on in the world of horror, if you will. Uh, I have a couple different topics I'd like to bring to light today. Uh, Let's go ahead and just start off with what I feel like everybody is talking about, and that is The Walking Dead premiere. Uh, Now, for those of you who haven't seen The Walking Dead premiere, Season 7 returned just this past Sunday. On October twenty third, and if you do watch The Walking Dead, and for some reason you you know you just haven't had a chance to check it out, go ahead and just uh, skip you know the next let's say five minutes uh, of uh, of the buzz because I don't want to spoil it for you. But I personally, uh, you know, as a fan uh, of the book, um, as a fan of the Telltale. Well, I mean, really, more of the book. Uh, I, I'm very, I'm very excited that they kind of stuck with the idea that that Glenn had to die because later on, you know, in The Walking Dead, like you know, there are some things that kind of have to happen and. You know, Glenn, 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 Glenn needed to go. Uh, I feel like Glenn dying in The Walking Dead really kind of shows everybody how evil Negan is. Um, Although I honestly, you know, I was honestly shocked with how much AMC went ahead and showed uh, on that season premiere. You know, they got, they got gory, really, really, really gory um, to an extent that I just think they weren't going to go to. Not In addition, not just like, you know, the blood and um like i don't know, like the, i guess like the guts uh, that, that's no really no other no other way to say it uh not just the blood and the guts but how the camera kind of stayed on glenn after he got hit a couple times and his eye was like got like b- b- bugging out and he was talking i'm having a hard time even saying it because it affected me so much and i don't know about you guys but i really 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 thought there for a minute that negan was gonna make rick cut carl's hand off like that, that was so so tense and so, like, oh, so over the top. It was, I mean, it's got to be some of the, like, I mean, riveting, but terrifying all at the same time. It was a great premiere, especially for those people who sometimes say, like, oh, you know, not a lot, not a lot happened for me in this episode. You know, I need, a, I need things to, I need action, action, action. This episode was action all the way through. Keep, kept me on the edge of my seat. I thought it was great. Let me know um, over on Twitter, at crib on what you thought of the premiere of The Walking Dead, because I thought it was, I thought it was great. Couldn't have done any better. I loved every single second of it. Next uh, thing that also came out, um, you know, that previous week, uh, if you look think about that week, uh, that Friday, was actually the remake of Rocky Horror over on Fox. The Rocky Horror, I think it was like, I can't remember their fancy term for it, but Basically, a Rocky Horror picture show redone for as a musical. Obviously, it's a musical anyway, but redone for Fox over on TV. Now, this was taped uh, and it was actually by the same people who did the Grease musical, uh, which was live. But this one here was taped, um, and we, which is fine with me. You know, I have, I have no problem with that. Anytime that they're bringing Rocky Horror out, so more people can experience it and see what it's all about. I think that is wonderful. So I was excited just that this was even in existence. Um, The only thing that really kind of rubbed me, I guess there were a couple things that rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, But one of them is, I don't know if you're going to think this is too nitpicky or not, but that's okay. Let me know if you do. Um, This is all, it's all kind of shot on a stage, um, which is fine. But the thing that kind of took me out of it was that, you know, when they first, uh, when Brad and Janet go ahead and go into Frankenfurter's, like, mansion uh or a castle or whatever you want to call it um you see the floor and you see the main like foyer that they that they enter and the floor is like this gym shiny like wooden floor uh looks like it just finished like getting buffed there's hardly any furniture in the room like it just felt really large and open like it felt like a gymnasium it didn't feel like the same like type of mansion um that um that Frankenfooters. Uh, mansion felt like in the rocky horror picture show the movie with tim curry uh so i mean that really took me out of it and then the whole time that i'm watching it i'm seeing this like this room and i'm just way more aware of the fact that it's all one stage and not like one like sweet and not like an actual castle now i know there's only so much you can do and i know that it's being you know shot for television and then it's on a stage and it's the play but i mean Come on, guys, cover up the floor. It doesn't even look like, it, it doesn't look like, you know, any type of haunted type of castle or mansion. Like, you gotta, you can't, you can't just have that shiny gym floor. It looks like the Harlem Globetrotters were, were gonna run out there at any moment and start playing basketball. Like, it was, I don't know, it really took me out of it and it bothered me. Uh, I also really, I don't know how I felt about the, uh, like the call-outs, Um, Every once in a while, they would kind of pan to like the quote-unquote audience that was watching um, their taping of the Rocky Horror. Uh, And that wasn't like real people. It was like a staged audience. And they would yell stuff out at the screen. But they're not yelling like the real call-outs because no way Fox is going to air the real call-outs. way too inappropriate. Um, And Fox... You know they didn't do any live showings. This, like I've been saying for a while now, that says Fathom Events written all over it. So why are you going to acknowledge how awesome live viewings are, but then not have any yourself? Also, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then the last thing, um, it was great to be able to see uh, Tim Curry uh, in there. You know, when I think Rocky Horror, I think Tim Curry. So you know, you can't really separate the two. He has that effect in a lot of the movies he's in, whether it's you know Rocky Horror Picture Show clue stephen king's it you know his performances bring so much to the film that um to be able to have him in rocky horror uh it's great that he felt up to being able to be there um because hopefully that will encourage people to take a look back and see some of the other things that he's been in so i'm glad it was uh, i'm glad he's uh feeling well enough to to be uh, acting and working again that's that's good uh and then lastly, last thing I want to touch on over here at the buzz, that's a pack segment of the buzz. I got to say, uh last thing is going to be uh, Black Mirror season 3 is available on Netflix. Now, I have seen a few episodes of Black Mirror season 1, uh which I think is I think is great. It's almost like the new Twilight Zone. It has a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of the American Horror Story idea of where each episode is self-contained. So you can really jump in at any point. And what's cool is it's it's very, very, very similar to the Twilight Zone. And not only its tone... Uh, but also in the fact that, you know, they really cover pretty much everything. I would actually go ahead and recommend that you probably don't start with the first episode of Black Mirror because the first episode of Black Mirror, it deals with a little bit of content matter that some people really just might not appreciate, might rub you the wrong way and kind of turn you off from the show. And you might think, you know ooh, I don't really know if this show is for me, but every single episode is completely different. So whether, you know, you're into, like, ghost stories or science fiction or kind of just like a mystery or a thriller or, like, I mean, they go, they run the gambit and they cover everything. So you need to check this show out. Uh, If you like horror, sci-fi, I feel like everyone needs to watch this. I don't know who out there doesn't like um, Black Mirror definitely uh for some reason if you don't like it out there let me know I would love to have a conversation uh, with you to find out kind of like what your you know what your qualms are we have such sites to show you and with that it is time for a little bit of ice cream you stream so... Ice Cream News Stream is the weekly segment where I go through and talk about some of the streaming movies that are available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, a little bit of all over from around the web, Uh, and I try to find some of the best things uh, that I think um, that you should check out. So, a couple movies to check out all across the the, uh, kind of run in the gambit uh, when it comes to different places to watch this stuff. So let's go ahead and just start off with, um, I feel like the fan favorite, which is going to be Netflix. Uh, And on Netflix, this is a little bit different. Normally, I choose like a horror movie or a television series or something like that. But I'm actually going to go ahead and bring you a game show today. And the game show I'm going to be bringing you is called Elevator. Now, it is as ridiculous as it sounds, and it's almost like a throwback to MTV's, uh, Fear series, if you remember that, where people had to go and, like, kind of see if they could stay in a house overnight. This is, like, a game show version of that. Basically, usually about three people get chosen to ride the elevator, and they have to go through this warehouse, and each, and stopping at each floor, completing, like, a task in order to, um, gain a certain amount of money that they can take on to the end and hopefully if they can complete the final task uh they can win i think it's up to like twenty five thousand dollars um it's uh it's 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 interesting i do like to kind of see the challenges and they try to weave in like a little bit of a story think like a haunted legends of the hidden temple um but more like maybe meets like fear factor uh so it's uh it's a little like part gross out part, um, like obstacle course, um, part story. Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's something to throw on. Do I think it's like amazing or anything like that? No. Should you check it out? I definitely, I definitely think so. You know, if you got 30 minutes to kill, Throw it on there uh, It actually got renewed for another season So you'll be able to check out Elevator Season 2 uh, I think it actually airs on Game Show Network um, But I, I think it's I think it's a fun show to check out Check out Elevator um, Next over on Amazon Prime Is going to be the I guess children's horror movie Witches uh, I remember this when I was a kid And I actually went back and watched it um, Not so long ago Just because I wanted to see if it was uh, Quite as scary as I remembered it uh and uh it is it is not i could see it being scary if you were you know if you were a kid but that's that's the case a lot of times with some of these horror movies you see them as a kid and you have like these really intense memories and you go back and watch it and you're like that w- that was it uh but every once in a while every once in a while it is as scary as you remember but this was not the case um is is basically about this uh boy who is uh orphaned he goes uh with his grandmother to this like fancy like vacation type home um almost like a giant bed and breakfast and he finds out that uh some of the women that are there are almost like having their own like little witches convention and they hate children so if they see children they want to turn them into like little mice and like keep them um it was uh as a kid it was pretty intense uh i would definitely show it to i would definitely show it to a kid Pretty much like even like a younger child would be able to, would be able to handle it. Um, some of the transformation scenes might get to them a little bit because you actually get to see them like turn into a mouse. It's nothing like an American werewolf in London or anything like that. It's no, it's nothing super over the top, but it like, you know, I could see where it would be disturbing, uh, for some, for some kids, but which is on Amazon, uh, it's still, it's still a fun movie to watch. It's definitely a good trip down memory lane if you're looking for something like that. And lastly, we're gonna round it out with a horror classic, and that's going to be Child's Play over on Hulu. Now, I love child's play i think the whole child's play series is awesome because they start off super scary with like the first one and i'm even going to give you the second one because i love child's play too uh, but then once you start to kind of go into 3 and like later on with like Bride and Seated Chucky, it starts to get cheesy, but it's still fun. Um, but the original Child's Play is streaming over on Hulu only until the end of the month. So you only got a few more days to check this out. And actually, the timing really couldn't be more perfect, um, not only because it's Halloween, but also because Screen Factory just put out a collector's edition of Child's Play that you can grab. Um, what's great is uh, I, this... I actually bought it and didn't even realize it. Uh, there's that commentary track with Chucky, um, not with um, not with um, Brad Dorff, who does you know, the voice of Chucky. It's Brad Dorff doing Chucky for the commentary. So I cannot wait to go back and watch that. Uh, but I actually did put on Child's Play on Hulu while I was doing some of the research for the show, and it looks, uh, you know, it looks kind of like a VHS tape. The transfer that they have isn't that great, but to be honest. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of liked, I kind of liked how it looked. It looked like I was watching it, you know, like on a videotape, which was kind of cool. Uh, it didn't look horrible or anything like that. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just DVD quality, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like fancy looking. It wasn't, it was definitely not like a, like a nice new transfer, like probably on that Blu-ray. Um, it looked like it had some age to it. Uh, but, uh, it looked, it looked good and Child's Play is awesome. I had a hard time trying to like not focus on the movie and focus on the, uh, research for this show. Um, so, uh, To wrap it up, you have Helevator the Game Show over on Netflix. You have Witches on Amazon, the children's horror movie. And then you have um, Child's Wife over on Hulu. So definitely one, uh, at least one good pick for you on every single one. Shop smart. Shop smart. You got that! And that little intro there from Ash can only mean that it is time for Shop Smart. If you are new to Tales from the Crib, Shop Smart is the segment in which I go through and talk about some of the sweet, sweet horror deals that I've found you all around the internet. Now, I have been a little bit biased in the past because I do kind of always bring up different blu-rays and movies and stuff like that uh last week we actually had all toys but today is kind of like a return to uh the greatest hits of shop smart because i'm going to be highlighting a whole bunch of different blu-rays that you can pick up i figure halloween is pretty much in full swing so i want to make sure that you have the best deals when it comes to checking out some different horror movies so um, I'm gonna kind of separate myself from what I usually do. Usually, pretty much everything is straight Amazon, and Amazon is heavily represented this week. Uh, but the first uh, collection that I actually want to talk about, and it is a collection, as that you will see that that term is going to pop up several times throughout Shop Smart this week. Uh, the first thing I want to bring up is the Halloween collection. The complete. Halloween kind of franchise on Blu-ray it's actually only $29.99 right now over at Best Buy that is insane if you can get down there somehow and if you can hopefully luck out and find out that your Best Buy has this in stock I definitely recommend you buy it because $29.99 is way cheaper I believe than the $89 it typically sells for Right up in that price point as well, uh, it's, it appears that some Best Buys actually have the Friday the 13th uh, Killer Collection, which is all the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, I talked about that probably about, I don't know, maybe five episodes ago, and um, I talked about how it was kind of actually going out of print, uh, and people weren't able to get a hold of it, so... If you have a Best Buy near you, go ahead and check out and look for the Halloween collection or the Friday the Thirteenth collection. Both of those are way cheaper than you know. You can find them anywhere else. Definitely worth a trip down there. Um, lastly, going over on into Amazon, um, they have the Saw complete collection for thirteen ninety nine. That is seven movies for fourteen dollars, and I have to say. Pretty much any Saw movies worth at least two bucks, like that's a crazy deal. If you don't have any, if you don't have the Saw movies, like why not pick them all up for fourteen dollars? Like to me, that's like there's no hesitation there. You just got to throw that in the cart. Um, they also have um, uh, Ghostbusters one and two in a digi book collection, which you either love those or hate those. There was they are those foldable and unfoldable books with all the cool pages in the middle. And if you don't have Ghostbusters one and two uh to be able to pick them up for only fourteen ninety nine. that's a pretty awesome deal. Um, one thing that I'm actually thinking about getting this week is the twenty eight days later collection, uh, and it's uh, basic, both basically both twenty eight days, twenty eight days after and twenty eight uh, weeks after or twenty eight weeks later. Um, and uh, it's uh, both of those two movies. For $7.88. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Like two movies. I mean, it's not, it's not saw $2 a movie crazy, but it's down there. It's still a pretty solid deal. Uh, and lastly, of course, since we're talking about it this week, uh, it's going to be the Blu ray of it, which is only $9.99 on Amazon. Um, it's actually one of the only places, um, you can grab that Blu ray. Um, You can find it over at FYE as well, but aside from FYE, Barnes & Noble, or Amazon, there's really no way that you're going to be able to get your hands on the It Blu-ray. So if you are close to one of those two stores, go ahead and pick it up, quite literally. And now for our feature presentation. Now you see it, now you don't. It has returned with vengeance. It is evil personified. I'll kill you all. I'm every nightmare you ever had. I am your no worst dream come true. Can it be stopped? It's It's coming! Richard Thomas, John Ritter, Harry Anderson. It the terrifying conclusion. A special movie presentation tonight on CTV. Now if you're watching that and thinking to yourself, uh that wasn't a real trailer for Stephen King's it, you're absolutely correct, it was not. Because trying to find an actual trailer for Stephen King's it is extremely difficult. There's practically none that you can track down anywhere. Uh, There's maybe, I'd say, one or two. That was the one with the most amount of dialogue and sounds from the movie. Because a lot of them, I think, which are are the official ones, are just... Super creepy with no dialogue. Um, They're really just like children's nursery rhymes uh, intercut with different scary scenes from, uh, you know, the miniseries. Mostly with Tim Curry as the clown making all the scary faces. Uh, It is pretty intense how, like, you know, scary the advertising campaign for this, you know, miniseries was. I remember when I actually first saw it on television because I I was like, like, wait a minute. First of all, what is this? What is, what is it, you know, and I feel like I kind of brought a little bit of, I guess I had a little bit of predisposal to it because when I was growing up and when I was a little kid, when this came on TV, my, uh, my mom was actually a huge Stephen King fan. She had a whole bunch of Stephen King books, you know, at the house uh, and she would actually collect first editions and she had some, uh, she, at one point she had all the Stephen King first editions and she actually had a few of them signed by Stephen King. And it was always those kind of books that I could never like read. Uh, every once in a while, like she would let me read, like a, like she would put 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 aside certain ones, kind of like the um um like I think what is it like half past? Is it half past midnight? Um, there's a couple different Stephen King um collections of different uh, different stories. And she would like pick out like a story from the collection that might be appropriate for me to read. But there were always some books that I could never like, you know, I was never allowed to like even touch. And, the, and I mean, even if I even if I could have read it when I was a kid, I mean, there's no way like that book's 800 pages. Like, so even like a little kid wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to handle that. But I don't know, maybe the allure of the forbidden would have like tempted me to get through all 800 pages. Um But anyway, when this when this came on TV, I was like, "Oh man, like here's my here's here's my chance. Here's where I'm gonna be able to kind of like one, I don't have to sit there and read all 800 pages, and like two, I actually get to watch it." And when it came to when it came to like movies and stuff, my mom was kind of um, like a lot more strict uh, uh, on what I could watch. Uh, I could watch a lot of I could watch a lot of sc- I could I did watch a lot of scary things, but you know, it, it really could only be rated PG or PG 13. Um, and the fact that this was on TV, you know, I was like, I like raised my hands up. I was like, I'm free and clear. Like this is on regular TV. This doesn't even have a rating. I can definitely watch this, you know? And so I was allowed to watch it when it premiered and it has 192 minutes of running time. This movie is long. Okay. It's clocking in at a little over three hours, Um, almost like three and a half. So it's really, you know, it's, pu- it's pushing it. Quite literally, (laughs) Um, but you know, when you're a kid and you find out they're like, not only is this scary movie that's kind of been like, you know, put up on a shelf where you, you know, it's too, it's too much for you. Not only can you watch it on TV, but it is three hours long. In your mind, you think, oh man, that's gonna be three hours of nothing but awesomeness, and I'm gonna be able to check it out and watch it. Not exactly. (laughs) <laughs> um, I do, uh, I, I, I always kind of looked back on this fondly, um, because of like, you know, it was one of the first scary things that I watched when I was a kid and going back and watching it now. Um, when I, when I'm an adult, I still, there's a lot of things about it that I feel still work really well. And there's a lot of things, um, about it that still don't work. Um, that I feel like didn't work for me when I saw it, when I was m- younger, not when you're a kid, cause you know, when you're a kid, I feel like you kind of only, at least looking back on it, you only really remember the awesome parts about it, um, not the not-so-great parts. But, you know, I've I've seen this, uh, I, I watch this, uh, I watch it on kind of like a, not like a rotation or anything, but usually it's never more than a few years and I at least pop in part of it. Uh, but anyway, basically, if you're not familiar with it, it is based on the Stephen King horror um book is saying it lightly because this thing is about 800 pages Uh, but it's about this group of kids uh, that uh, live in uh, Derry uh, which is this uh, fictional town in Maine and basically they uh, they kind of band together they're all like the like the misfit kids of the of the town they get picked on a lot and it's kind of like they form what they call the Losers Club. It's like a group of uh, kids that kind of hang out and they get they watch each other's backs, uh, and they form this club and they go out on different adventures and they play in like the woods together and they they construct a dam and they fish and like you know they just hang out and they be kids together. Um, but what ends up happening is they um, they kind of meet this uh, they kind of meet this clown. Uh, called Pennywise, played by Tim Curry, uh, who goes and uh, I guess haunts them would be the would be the term. Um, every thirty years or so. Um, they, they realize they find out later that this creature comes, uh, to basically murder children. It's like that they, they learn later on in the story that the town is cursed and this kind of just has to keep happening. So they find out, you know, that they are going to kill it and finally put an end to it. So, they launch like this master plan in order to do it. And they think that he is beaten and destroyed, and only to find out, of course, 30 years later, that it is back. And then they have to return back to Derry, uh, Maine, in order to hopefully defeat it once and for all. What's interesting about this is that this is, like I said, it's a little bit over three hours long. So, at the time when they aired this on TV, no way did they air this, you know, in one day. This was split up over multiple evenings. So. You know, you had what it was on one night, then it was on again. And they actually kind of make this work in the story a little bit, you know, a little bit better than you would anticipate. Um, They split it up basically into two sections, one which takes place predominantly when they are kids and then one that takes place predominantly when they are adults. And the kids section, I feel, works great those kids have great chemistry, uh, you know, together. Um, it's kind of clean cut on, you know, who plays like which role, like which kid is the popular kid, uh, which kid is like the geeky kid, which kid is like, you know, uh, the kind of shy one, which one's the really outgoing type of like, you know, clown, pun intended. Um, it, their roles are clearly defined and they work really well together. The kid actors in this movie, uh, really did a great job because their kind of, uh, camaraderie is, is very, you know, it's very apparent, and it feels genuine. Uh, and, you know, when you're going to have kind of like a story about a ragtag group, you want to really be able to get behind them and root for them, especially when it's something like, you know, a killer clown. Not like you're not going to root for the kids against the killer clown, but, you know, us as horror fans, you know, depending on, you know, if, if unless you give us somebody really to root for, we're going to root for the bad guy. Uh, and in this one, even though Pennywise is... You know, really evil. You never really root for him because the kids are so, you know, are so good uh, and so relatable. Um, you have Jonathan Brandis in this um, as well. Um, he's in a, a bunch of a bunch of movies like Sidekicks, for example, that were out around the time. But I mean, the the the, the part of this movie where it like, really focuses on the kids and kind of their uh, experiences with Pennywise, they each kind of see him in a different way because how it comes to them. Um, it comes to them basically as whatever their deepest, darkest fears is. So, you know, one of them sees it as like a wolf, uh, like the wolf man. Another one sees it as um, kind of just like every time it kind of appears, he appears like covered in like he covers things in blood. Uh, another one sees it as like, you know, just a clown. Um, Jonathan Brandis's brother gets uh, gets murdered and that kind of like kicks it off. Uh, but he see his brother sees it, uh, it as in Pennywise as the clown. So, you know, it, he takes a different form for each one. Um, which, when you think about it, it's really kind of like the kind of like the scariest. Um, I don't know. I guess like the scariest thing you can think of. It, it, it knows what scares you, and it will become that. So there's really nothing that you can hide from. And what's interesting is later on um, in the story, in the adult section um, that focuses when they're all grown up. Pennywise kind of meets people who aren't really involved in the center of the story. Um, like little like like helper characters, so to speak. Like, um, But he also knows what scares them. So it seems like Pennywise is almost like this overarching being that kind of knows what scares everybody. Almost like a twisted version of Santa Claus. In se- except of like bringing you gifts. He's bringing you nightmares. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of it's kind of crazy. You never really root for Pennywise because he's so evil. Even though Tim Curry does a great job at playing him, you know, you're never on his side. Um that's why I feel like the first part of this movie is so so strong. It feels like almost a completely different movie in contrast to the second part, which when they're adults, you know, even though you have some you have some great actors in there, um they I don't know, they just don't they don't really play well together. They don't seem like they like they mesh well. Uh, I don't understand. It just seems like the acting just isn't quite isn't quite there. It it doesn't seem genuine that the bond that they have. It do not seem like the same characters, even though they definitely, you know, they they quote things they that they said earlier, um, like thirty years before when they were kids. But it just doesn't it just doesn't really hold up. And then that's where the movie kind of seems to fall apart. When Pennywise comes after the kids in the beginning of the movie, it is scary. The things that I mean, scary. I guess it's a loose term, but it's, you know, it's uh, convincing. The things that he's doing, like you can see why the kids would be scared by it and their reactions sell it as it being scary. But later on, when they're adults, like the things that Pennywise does are really kind of more jokey. There's a couple things that are, like, I guess you could say they're scary, but it doesn't have that same type of impact. Um, The reactions that they have to Pennywise don't really seem fear as much as they seem like surprise. It seems like they're taking it to a whole it seems like they're over uh overacting it now I'm not a professional actor, so I don't know, but the kids really do a great job at convincing you that the fear is real, and the adults just do not um so I mean I'd love like I still really enjoy this movie It's just I would really split it in half and just watch the second part with uh you know with the kids and the clown um because the the rest of it is really kind of a little bit of a struggle to get back to, um, to get through because as they're making their way back to to Dairy, Maine, it just really doesn't like it. It seems like it takes forever for them to get back there, and then they drag you through it uh, as they as they go back and they go into like the like the water treatment plant where Pennywise calls home, um, and it, it you know it's a very long and drawn out. I would really like to see. This like just completely separated into like all the scenes from when they were kids and then all the scenes from when they were adults, just so I could choose to watch just the kids story because the kids story, you know, they, they interweave it with the adults throughout the entire movie. Um, the first part, like I said, does really fe- does really focus on just the kids section, and the second part is definitely way more the adults. But they still they cut to it at different points, so they have the footage in there but i don't think they necessarily have all the footage where they could just completely separate it but if it was all the kids against pennywise like you know taking place in the in the 60s and then them doing battle and then maybe it would just end with like you know you find out that pennywise is still around and you know he's out every 30 years that would be it, it would be great but it's the it's the other part You know, with the adults and them coming back, and it just—it just really takes you out of it. Pennywise appears in the moon at one point, and like talks to uh one of the one of the main bad guys in the in the story. Like he appears in the moon. Like it just—I don't know. It just—it gets really—it gets really kind of cheesy. And Tim Curry does such a great job at being absolutely scary. The first time when you see Pennywise, and they don't make you wait that long. Like they make you wait maybe I don't know five ten minutes, and then bang, like, there he is, like, he's terrifying, and then later on, it's just, I don't know, it kind of just falls apart, he's making, like, these weird jokes that are supposed to be, like, they're supposed to, like, make you, un- like, unnerved, but they just, it just completely falls flat, Um, but still, Tim Curry does a great job as Pennywise, uh, and watching this, again, uh, especially after watching stranger things stranger things uh if you haven't seen it, the Netflix series, which kind of focuses on um like a group of kids uh who are fighting like a greater evil that's more like a blend of horror and sci fi I don't want to spoil it for you in case you haven't in case you haven't seen it but I mean it really feels like this it does feel rushed. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. Even though this is a 3 hour movie, it does feel like you know like they're moving very very quickly. I would have loved to see this as like um you know at the time they, they didn't have there, were, there was no Netflix. Uh, I mean there was no you had, you had a VCR at your house. There, there was no DVR or anything. So some of the things that they can do now, there was no way they could do it back then. Um but I would have loved to see this remade like remade as uh, like a season of a TV show, um, just set from the kids' perspective, telling that story, it seems perfect for that. It seems like this is exactly what Stranger Things like be like, even though Stranger Things is a lot different in its story. Like watching this, like you cannot help but think of Stranger Things, and Stranger Things was amazing, and this plot is actually, uh, it's amazing. I'll, I'll say it, it's great. The story is awesome um the villains are really bad you really root for the kids um it's set in like uh you know it's set in like 50s 60s uh america um just like i mean just like stand by me so i mean all, all the ingredients are there it's just you know the execution for it just didn't really seem to to follow through um but you know like i said i would love this i would love to see this remade into something else and Speaking of it being remade uh, a few episodes ago, maybe like 10 episodes ago now, um, we actually talked about how it is being remade into a full-length feature uh, movie um it's not coming out until about a year from now it comes out September 8th uh it's being distributed by New Line Cinema September 8th 2017 is when it comes out and they've actually already started filming it so it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they do that and how closely they stick to both the book as well as how they uh stick to like the mini so i'm not really sure how it's going to work but I am very excited to check it out because it's a great story. Uh, if you guys have seen it or if you have read the book and you would like to talk about it, I would love to talk to you about it. So just go ahead and uh, reach out to me over on Twitter at FromTheCribbed. And thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales From The Cribbed.